So I'd like everybody to get really comfortable because we're going to talk about our favorite subject in the world, hell. (laughs) Because that's what Jesus talks about in our gospel reading today. And sometimes we need to know what Jesus saved us from before we can even look at heaven. And we live in a world today that seems to make Jesus into either Barney, which means I don't have to change the way I live, or some people say that I couldn't understand how a good God would ever send anybody to hell. But does Jesus ever send anybody to hell if he warns them about the consequences of their sin? Or are they, or are we, choosing hell? Heaven and hell are choices, and hell is a doctrine of, of our faith. And Jesus, out of his love, warns us about the consequences of our sin. Yeah, our, our sins have consequences, and they don't just affect us personally, but they affect us communally. But Jesus, because he loves us, he warns us. And any good parent, they will warn their children. They'll even set up rules to help them follow a better way of life. But listen to what St. Paul said to us in our second reading from Corinthians when speaking of heaven. He says, What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. Heaven is beyond our imagination at how good it is. No more suffering, no more depression, no more sin, no more addictions. Complete freedom, joy beyond your imagination, beauty beyond your imagination, no separation from you and God. And if we know what was purchased for us on the cross, it demands a response. It demands a response to choose beauty, to choose goodness, to choose the truth. And in our first, first reading from Sirach, which is a letter from a father to a son, he says some interesting things. He says, if you choose, you can keep the commandments. You know, I think our world says a lot of strange things about the commandments. That they're just a bunch of rules so the church can keep you trapped, and this doctrine on hell is just to manipulate people. And those, just th- those things are just simply not true. I like to look at more of how St. John Paul II looks at the commandments. He calls them ten gifts. Because if you have entered into a relationship with Jesus, if you truly let him into your heart, let him into your soul, if you have surrendered everything for what he did for you on the cross and how he keeps calling you, you just ask him simply, well, how do I follow you and not go back to the old way? How do I follow you and not go back to the old way? And Sirach says to his son, he says, if you choose, you can keep the commandments. It is loyalty to do his will. And what is the will of God? The will of God is that we listen to him. Look at the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus takes James, John, right? He takes takes the big three, Peter, up there. And, And then from that mountaintop, from the highest place, the voice of God says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And if we take time each day and be like John, the beloved disciple, and place our heads on the breast of Jesus, we hear what we we all need to hear. I love you. I love you. I love you. And even in our brokenness, Jesus loves us. 
And he wants that love that was sent from heaven to earth to enter into every aspect of our lives. And we have a choice to make. We either choose heaven every day or we choose hell. Sirach goes on further and he says, there are set before you fire and water. And maybe just ask yourself each day, am I choosing water which cleanses and purifies or am I choosing fire? And he says, to whichever you choose, stretch forth your hands. So he's saying, you have a choice to reach for goodness or you have a a choice to reach for the opposite. You have a choice to reach for love or indifference. You have a choice to reach for grace or sin. But he says, before man are life and death. Do I choose life every day with my decisions or do I choose death? And if I know the love of Jesus, if I truly know that his love, and especially if I, I'm striving to keep his commandments or I'm striving to keep those gifts sacred and keeping them close to my heart, then I hear the gospel much differently. You know, Jesus comes to us two weeks before Lent. And maybe this is just a, little, a good opportunity for us to start thinking, what am I really going to sacrifice this Lent besides chocolate? You know, if I look at the cross, and maybe you could look at the cross with me for a second, if I look at the cross, he gave up everything. And the cross is not a condemnation. That's what love looks like. And that's what it cost him to bring us to heaven. And his cross bridges that gap which sin separates us from him. And Jesus goes deeper. A lot of people, if they, if they have an image of Jesus being Barney or he makes life easier, that's just not the real Jesus. In Jesus, in our gospel today, he says, You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill. And whoever kills is is liable to judgment. But Jesus doubles down. Jesus doubles down. And he, he reveals his heart to us. But he says, But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And maybe just ask yourself, Do I have resentment? Do I have anger deep in my heart towards others? And maybe consider bringing that to your Lenten resolution. And what causes anger with most people, or that spirit of revenge, is that I have unforgiveness in my heart. I have unforgiveness in my heart. And forgiveness is freedom to follow that path. And Jesus, then he says something that I think goes right into Mass. A lot of people don't like to hear this one. But Jesus, because he loves us, tells us, He says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you recall, "Uh uh-oh, I am not at peace with so-and-so. Jesus says, "If if your brother has anything against you, he says, go reconcile with them first before you come to Mass and offer your gift. And he says, if you have that will and you willingly know, you have full knowledge of it, he says, go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come your gift to the altar, bring your gift to the altar. So he's actually calling us to take the time to examine our conscience to make sure, am I free? Am I living in a state of grace or am I living in a state of sin so I can receive the Eucharist worthily? And he says, he gives you an example. He says, go settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court because the judge of this world, who is the evil one, he is much worse than our loving and heavenly father. And he says, amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. These are not the words of Father Zach. These are the words of Jesus Christ. 
of a loving God who wants you free, completely free. And I wish it would end there. But Jesus knows that we have temptations in our world. He says later, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus says, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. He's asking us to purify our sins. He's asking us to bring everything to the light. And he says, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, thank God we are not fundamentalist Christians. Jesus is speaking symbolically that he wants you to be able to use your whole body to worship him and glorify him. But he also warns us because these things are dangerous. Just like any parent would tell their children if they're messing with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. If you caught a child three or four years old playing with a lighter, what would you do, to do with them? Would you say, eh, go play with it, have fun, whatever. Or would you say, that's very dangerous, and you call them close to you to let them know, and you warn them. Maybe it's time we take those last lines of our gospel seriously this Lent. Jesus says, let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. You know, we live in a world that doesn't like to make commitments. And I see it a lot, a lot as a priest. We have a, a world that seems to be overwhelmed with stuff to do or overwhelmed with choices to make. And maybe just ask yourself, what, do I, what could I possibly be needing to cut out of my life so I can end up on Easter Sunday more free than when I started Lent? You look, just think about that. We have, we have car dealerships. We have cell phone stores. We have TVs sold everywhere. And typically when you and I are inundated with all of these different, these different choices, we just spin in a circle and we get overwhelmed. And we get overwhelmed. And we get overwhelmed. And we just end up spinning in a circle. And if you spin in a circle, you're not really moving anywhere. And our Lord wants us to simplify our lives and prepare for Lent. I think this is just a great, great gospel to prepare for Lent. And if we know what he has prepared for us, if we know how good he is, how loving he is, if we know of the beauty of heaven, then we would choose that every day. But it's much easier to choose that when you have friends around you who can support you. So I want us just to take a moment and just do a little brief examination before we enter into Lent. Because you and I have a choice. I always like to use this image. You and I have a choice this Lent and the rest of our lives. Either we can be thermostats or thermometers. What does a thermometer do? It reflects the temperature wherever it goes, good or bad. But a thermostat changes things. When a thermostat goes into, is in a room, it changes the temperature of the room. It changes the culture. And we have so many people who don't know the love of Jesus. And some people are sh- who struggle with choosing the good over the bad, or choosing the light over the darkness, or choosing water over the fire. So, let's just do a brief examination real quick. The most important thing you and I can do is pray every day. So just ask yourself, do I have a designated time and place to pray daily? Do I have a designated time and place to pray daily?
Do I have friends who I can share my heart with and who have full right to call me out on my sins? Do I have friends who I can share my heart with and have full right to call me out on my sins? Do I see the Ten Commandments as gifts or do I see them as rules from a dictator? Do I see the Ten Commandments as gifts or do I see them as rules from a dictator? Maybe as we're even here, just ask yourself, do I believe the words of Jesus, that he's speaking them from a place of love? Do I believe the words of Jesus, and do I believe that he's speaking them from a place of love? And even further, do I believe his words when he says, this is my body, and this is my blood in the Holy Eucharist? And out of that, out of that truth that Jesus speaks to us, just to ask yourself, have I ever personally experienced the love of Jesus? And have I responded half-heartedly or wholeheartedly? Have I ever personally experienced the love of Jesus? And if so, have I responded half-heartedly or wholeheartedly? And also, Lent is a great time to go to confession. Do I go to confession? Do I know when the times of confession are? And do I fear confession because I'm afraid? Or do I go to confession because I know that Jesus loves me? And he gave his priests to show me the love of him, imperfect as they are. As we enter into this two weeks before Lent, I really just encourage you to really pray about where is the spirit of all this coming from with Jesus. Because if you have a commandment, there's a reason for it. And it all comes down because Jesus wants to keep us in right relationship with him. He wants to keep us in remaining and abiding in his love. And if we've tasted that love, if we've felt that love, if we've received that love, nothing else compares to it. The best thing we can do is to pray. So please join me as we conclude this homily. Heavenly Father, please pour out your Holy Spirit upon every single person here. Please help us receive your Son's love for us, even in our brokenness, even in our wondering. Please remove all distractions and help us choose heaven over hell every day. Please protect our families. Please protect our marriages. And please help us all enter into Lent this year with a firm resolution to be free and to choose heaven every day. And Mother Mary, please cover us all under your mantle. Help us follow your Son's will and help us choose him, not just when it's easy, but also when it's difficult so that we can truly build up his kingdom. And we make all these prayers in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.